before we get into the Word of God, why don't we just close our eyes and just say, God, speak to me. We've just been singing that song, but the lyrics in that song is so much more than the song. It says, call upon the name of the Lord. And this name that we've been calling upon, it's a name that is above all names. It is a name where you, you and I may not grasp hold of the power in that name. But the demons and the devil tremble at this name. Sickness bows before this name. Mental health bows before this name. And that name is Jesus. Lord, we call upon your name. We open our hearts to you. We pray. Help us to see what you see. Help us, Lord, to capture your vision. Open our hearts so, Lord, we can see ourselves in the image of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you uh, for praying for us. It was a great trip, wonderful trip. Um, and I think I'll share some of those things in my message too. But I've titled my message this morning, Power of the Vision. Amen. The power of the vision. Because the Bible is so clear in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Amen. When we don't have a vision, we drift. Amen. When we don't capture the purpose of God, when we don't capture the very essence of our existence on earth, we drift. Amen. And I believe God wants us to capture that vision that He has for us. Now, vision is very different to good ideas. God is not interested in good ideas. He's interested in vision. And do we have that vision, number one, of who Christ is? We've been singing that Christ is my firm foundation, a rock on which I stand. Everything can be shaken or cannot be shaken. But Christ is our foundation. Do we see that vision that He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings? Amen. Now, I'm not talking just about knowing the Word of God. I'm talking actually seeing Christ as the answer for every problem. Do we see that vision that when I run to Christ, my family may fail me, my friends may fail me, my business may fail me, my, my, uh, my school may fail me, my, my um, whatever you name it can fail you, the government may fail you, but I know that the vision I have of Christ, that He is my Savior, He is my Redeemer, He is my Healer, He is my uh, uh, God in whom I can trust, and when we have 
have that vision, we run into him. The Bible says that the righteous run into him and they are safe. Do you have that vision of Christ? Vision is important. Vision is not just kind of writing on a wall and forgetting it. Vision is something that we live. And the Bible clearly says, as I read this out, I will read it again. Where there is no vision, the people perish. How do we perish? Because we're trying to then, when we don't have a vision of who God is in our lives, and when we don't have uh, the, 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 the purpose of Christ revealed to us, then we are trying to do things in our own flesh. And when we do things in our own flesh, we start experiencing maybe some success, maybe failure, but as we go along, we realize that we are striving in our flesh. And God doesn't want us to do that. God wants us to capture our vision. And you look at it right from a young age. He was calling out different people in the Bible. He called out Samuel. And he said Samuel. And Samuel thought it was Eli, the priest, calling him three times. Third time, he, he said, yes, Lord, your servant is here. What is he doing? God, he captured the vision of God. Gideon, when he was hiding in, I think Dan was talking a little bit about Gideon last week too. But when Gideon was hiding and Gideon was so focused on his own life and he was afraid of the Midianites and, and attacking and he was hiding and he was covered in misery and pain and the angel of the Lord comes and changes his vision. He sees himself as a loser, hiding. And the angel of the Lord comes and says, you mighty man of valor. Something to change in that man's perspective, in his vision. He started when he was looking at himself as a loser. Now he sees himself as a mighty weapon, a man of valor, a man who can make a difference, a woman, now I'm talking to you woman, a woman who can make a difference. When you capture the vision of God, then you get confidence and you walk in that confidence because the gates of hell will not prevail against you because the vision that Christ has for you, amen, you begin to live that out. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Do you know the vision of God over your life? Why are we existing? We're talking about run with the gospel. It sounds nice. We can do a seven-week series. It will tickle your ears and you'll forget about it. But if you capture the vision of the essence of why I live on earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Then you will run with joy. You will run and not get weary. You will not faint. Why? Because in Hebrews, we looked at it, Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. And it says in verse 2, it says, For the joy that was set before him. What does that joy? Redeeming you and I. Amen. Because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? So I'm asking us, what is your vision? What do you see when you look at your family? What do you see when you look at your children? What do you see when you look at your grandchildren? What do you see when you drive around the city? I think the song was very, very appropriate. Rain came. 
Wind blew. Amen. Floods came. Houses filled. Cars filled. My hairdresser and her husband, both cars, well, I could only see the roof on Facebook photos. You know, everything's filled. Everything can be shaken like that. Everything, but Christ cannot. And those who are in the Lord, Daniel 11, 38, 36 or 38, it says those who, are, those who know God shall be strong. But Pentecostal churches, we want to look at the exploits. But you will do the exploits later because it says those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Exploits will come later, but you will be strong in God. And I'm saying this, as, I mean, we had the privilege and an honor to go and minister in the church. It was busy. Um, uh, it, it was busy. Uh, I mean, yes, Hawaii, and you think it's Hawaii. Uh, trust me, I did not see my hotel room for two days. I literally went and crashed and gone. And it was good. I like, to be pos- I like to be busy with a purpose, not just busy, busy for the sake of being busy. And it was busy. But when we look around, and I'm, I'm looking over there, and I'm asking the Lord, I'm always listening and saying, what are you saying, God? What are you saying? And what are you saying to me? And I am saying, I believe the Lord is saying the end times, this is, we are living in the end times. Let's get ready. Don't be those five virgins that are asleep. Capture the vision and be ready because the Lord's going to come back and He's not going to text you. He's not going to Instagram you. He's not going to put a location, Instagram, I'm going to earth. He's not. He will come like a thief in the night. And are you ready? And I believe the, the, the Lord doesn't want, you know, we're looking at all the big things. We want bigger things, more things and all those. But I believe the Lord is looking for a church that is strong. That is strong in the last days. That we are strong. When the floods come, we are strong. When the rain comes, we are strong. When death, death is surrounding us, we are strong. When our identity is being shaken up, we are strong. When our family is under attack, we are strong. Do we have the vision? And and so we are this year for the theme for our church uh, is run with the gospel. So this is kind of like a a positive message before we get into the the second Timothy, the letter Paul wrote. And we're going to look at the letter, second Timothy, for seven weeks. But Habakkuk 2.2 is our verse for the year. And he says, then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on table, on tablets, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for the future time. It describes the end it, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. But what he's saying is write the vision down and make it plain. Because when you write it, you see it. And can I say what you see is where you go. It's the same thing with your driving, motor skills. It's the same thing if you're a sports person. You know, hand-eye coordination, they say, if you're a cricketer. 
you know, and, um, but it's tennis, whatever sport you play, hand eye, what you see is where you go. You're driving, it's the same thing. And I'll tell you this funny story. So I, in the midst of that business, I had, I had an opportunity to go play golf, which I love it and I had a great time. But I hit one, I swung it, and it ended up on the rough. And now I have to hit it between two trees. So I'm going, I'm not going to hit the tree, I'm not going to hit the tree. You already figured it out. I hit the tree. And the scary part was it was coming right back at me. And, uh, uh, but, but I realized again, what, what you see is where you go. And so my question is, what do you see? Do you see hope of Christ in you? Do you see the joy of the Lord in you? Do you see that Christ is your hope? Because to see that vision is not something exciting. Vision is what Christ sees in you. And you capture that. And then you apply faith. And you apply trust. And you say, my God is with me. So I'm going to follow Christ. Because it's a vision from God. What kind of faith do you apply for your vision? What's your vision like over marriage, kids, finances, relationships, integrity, uh, godliness? What kind of uh, vision do you see on these things? I wrote some excuses here as to why people don't have a vision. Some say, I am too young. Some say, I'm too old. Don't please, don't think you're old. Don't. If Abraham and Sarah can have a baby, miracles can happen. Don't think you're too old. I'm too much of a failure. No. I'm new to God or a new convert. I'm too tired. I'm too encumbered with my problems. I'm too hurt by others. I'm too busy with what I'm doing. Or I'm too involved in the negative situation. I'm not in the right place. You see, God put people that he chose in places where he wanted them to be. But they had to capture a vision. Ruth was surrounded with a lady. Have you ever done life with somebody who is bitter? They're bitter. It's misery if you do life with somebody that is bitter. Naomi changed her name from Naomi to Mara, and Mara means bitter. She started recognizing herself. She took the vision of God and put her own vision because of her circumstances. And Ruth comes along with Naomi and she's with bitterness. But Naomi's vision had to change as to what God was doing in her life. Gideon's vision changed, but it was in problems. Esther's vision changed and it was surrounded with problems. Nehemiah's vision changed when there was a problem. Joseph's vision changed when there was a problem. Daniel's vision changed when there was a problem. And I'm ta- I want to really emphasize a little bit today on um, Joseph, the story of Joseph, not our Joseph. By the way, that was great communion, Joseph. Did you write that? Yeah. And uh, Joseph is a bit of a poet. Um, 
He's writing poems lately, which is great. Yeah, you should record that, Joseph. Yeah. So in Genesis chapter 37, verse 1 to 11, we see Joseph is having a dream. He dreams this dream. Not only is he dreaming, then he talks about the dream. And he talks to the people that should encourage him. It's his brothers, 11 brothers. He's the 12th one. 11 brothers, and he tells them this dream, and the brothers get happy. No, they get jealous, just like your brother and your sister. Oh, my brother, just kidding. You know, they get jealous. And then he not only talks about it, of course, he's also favored by his father. And that adds to the jealousy a little bit more. And then he also tells his father the dream and the father reprimands him and he keeps it all to himself, the father. So Joseph is talking about his dream and he's saying, you know, this is what's going to happen. And it's in Genesis chapter 37 and all the way to Genesis chapter 41. You can read what Joseph goes through. But I want to highlight three points here this morning with you. And number one is when Joseph had a dream, he actually defined the dream. You know, so we need to define the vision. What's the vision for your life? What's your vision for your life? I remember writing down my vision. Every year I do this, I still do it. Uh, this is the interesting part. When I was 16, 14, I got saved. 16, I started to write and uh, pray on that. Some say it's not right, some say it's wrong. But I believe it says, the Bible says, write the vision, make it plain, so I can remember it, who I am in Christ and who I need to marry. And of course, after five and a half, six years of dating this girl, she dumps me. And but even though I was disappointed, the vision didn't change. Amen. A lot of us think, oh, the disappointments think the vision is wrong. No, disappointments come, but if God has given you a vision, God will fulfill that vision. Amen. And so then, of course, I, then I marry Carol. I'm celebrating because I'm looking forward to celebrating 20 years of married life this year. I am celebrating it. I am excited. I am. It took Carol a lot of work to be with me. So I have to celebrate it. We've got to celebrate these things. Where marriages are breaking apart, where people are breaking apart, churches are breaking down. I'm telling you, the church I was in, the Bible college I was teaching at and a few other places I was at. And they are so fearful of COVID. And it's like logic has taken over faith. It's like faith is useless, let's be logical. Just because it's logical doesn't make it biblical. Amen. It's logical to abort children. Doesn't make it biblical. It's, lo it's logical that you're 90 years old and you can't live so you can volunteer to die. It's logical, but it doesn't make it biblical. We Christians, we are so full of logic, we stopped exercising faith. When was the last time that we put our feet in the ground and you think the floods were coming and you go, but my God said so. I trust in God because he said so. When was the last time that you cried out your knees, you were on the ground and you're kneeling down and you're saying, God, I know my son is a drug addict, but you said so.
Because your word, his word never returns void. Go back to those prophetic words. Write them. I have prophetic words on me. I'm telling you, when I'm discouraged, I go back to them. When I'm discouraged, I go back to the word of God. When I'm discouraged, I go back and say, God, your word declared this over me. I'm 16, when I was 16, I prophetic words, I've written them down. Vision, and I write them and I pray that. In, my vision is not where I'm surrounded. Where I'm surrounded is different, but who I am in Christ and what God wants me to do, I can do that wherever I go. Not just in a church building, in the mall. And, and I'm telling you, we, we, we went out for dinner one night after a meeting. It was a late dinner. Uh, I think it was 10 o'clock, and we went to um, uh, a restaurant there, and uh, of course, Leo was with us. We already got the manager out and talked about all the nuts and everything, you know. He was going literally nuts. Uh, and, uh, and, and then this, the guy that was serving us, because I'm talking with the pastor, Karen, I'm talking with this pastor, the guy that was serving us, I could see he was eavesdropping into our conversation. So I thought, hey, let me help him. So I raised my voice more because we were talking about God. I kid you not because if you're not sensitive, that's why my vision is to be who God wants me to be no matter where I am. Whether it's school, whether it is college, whether it's university, whether it's hospital, whether it's graveyard, unless I'm not dead, I will be who God wants me to be. Not just on a Sunday morning. Look good, smell nice. No, 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 it doesn't. Your vision, what is it God wants you to be? So when we raised our voice, I raised my voice talking to this guy. Literally, I tell you not. He goes, what church are you talking about? And then I'm going, ooh, this is good. Eavesdropping helps. So we gave him, he goes, I stopped going to church for years now. So we gave him the address and uh, hopefully he goes. But God moves when you're willing to move. Amen. So, number one, define the vision, write it down, make it plain. What is it God wants you to do? And then number two is declare the vision. Speak it out. Speak it out. Speak it out. You've got to declare it. You've got to, you got, you got to um, declare the vision of God on what God wants you to do. You define it, you declare it, you speak it, and you say, God, like we're praying, God, your word declared, amen, that all people should come to know Christ. Now I pray for these people that are deceived by alcohol, deceived by every spirit that torments. We pray in the name of Jesus and we declare salvation. I'm declaring what I see. And you need faith to see. We need let me tell you, you don't need faith when everything is established. Faith, we need faith in the vision God has for us. Do you have faith to your vision? And so you declare it and you begin to pray. I Believe me, I wrestle this with the Lord. I'm not trying to give you concepts to make you stir up and encourage you. I've practiced it. In my disappointments, I pray. In my victories, I pray. I practice the word of God said that by his stripes, we are healed. Who believes that? Now, if that is true, 
I clung on to that word. I said, God, either you're a liar, which I know you're not, so you will bring healing. So I, I, I remember wearing shorts, my left leg, I look at that leg, fat, swollen, amputate, amputate. That's what the mind was saying. The doctor said amputate the leg, amputate the leg. My sister is different profession, different speciality, but a doctor, she said what is impossible medically is possible with God. So I said amen to that. Amputate the Every night I would look at the leg in the mirror, both legs, and I would prophesy on my left leg. I said, be healed in Jesus' name. If he can curse a tree and the tree dies, come on. How much faith do we have in the vision God has given us? I didn't listen to what the doctor said. I put it before God. I'm mean, thank God for doctors. I'm not against them, but I'm saying logic cannot replace the word of God. So I looked at it and I prayed. I prayed while I'm praying, depression. While I'm praying, suicidal thoughts. While I'm praying, rejection. Some people in church, have you met those really cool, super spiritual people? That they just think that you're cursed. And they told me that I was cursed. And I was witch hunting for every curse. Where is the curse? Where is the curse? I'm going to curse the curse. But there was no curse. So I said, okay, I declare healing over my body. I declare God's word over my body. I declare that this leg shall not be amputated. I declare that I will be able to fit my shoe back to the foot. I declare that I shall be able to walk again. I declare there is faith. It's not name it, claim it. I'm not talking name it, claim it. If that's the case, we will all go for the Ferraris. And we would see Jesus as an ATM or a candy store. And I want that in Jesus' name. And you have it. Amen. Now, I'm talking faith. I'm talking declare. Are you declaring God's promises over your family? Are you praying for generations to generations to generations? My children's 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 children shall know Christ until the Lord comes back. Are you declaring health over your family? Are you declaring healing over your body? Are you declaring healing over your business or what prosperity over your business? Are we declaring the word of God? Or are we giving a report on the current affairs to God? Those kind of prayers, I believe God's gone playing golf. You know, sometimes we pray, God, you know we had floods. God already knows we had floods. God, you know, so many houses have gone. God already knows that. But if we can pray, God, those that are struggling, may they find Christ. Open their eyes to see you because the world is shaken right now. They don't have a place to sleep, but may they find comfort in the presence of God. I pray, I declare salvation over their home. I declare healing over their bodies. I declare healing in their marriage. I declare healing on the mental. We call, even when I was praying, I'm thinking, what is mental and health? Mental health. You know, it's a sickness. We've got to pray. 
we got to pray. When we prayed for this man, he came and he was saying like something crawling inside his skin. I was thinking, oh, aliens, you know, because he was animating so well. And, uh, and so he was itching it, scratching it. And so we declared the word of God over his life. We declared the word of God over his life. Because as soon as we entered into the church, this is last Sunday morning, we entered into church. He said, would you please pray for me? And I'm going, ooh, let me just get some intel from upstairs. So I said, I'll pray for you after the service. Uh, and in the meantime, I'm praying, God, what should I pray? I need insight. Amen. And so after the service, he comes and, and he's praised the Lord. We declared the word. He delivered and he gave his heart to the Lord. Now praise God because everyone was seeing this guy's crazy, but God sees him as a child of God. What do you see when you see people? What is your vision for the family? What is your vision for your church? What is your vision for your city? In Jeremiah 29, he says, If the city prospers, you too prosper. Amen. What is your vision? So, as you declare it, as you define it, date it, detail it, put it down and pray into it. Pray into it. This is what I want to say about expectations and disappointments. Just, if God has given you a dream, keep praying into that. In spite of disappointments. Amen. In spite of sad, upset, whatever, keep praying into those visions. Don't listen to your disappointments and your experiences. Trust in the Lord. Amen. And my third point, number one is define it. Number two is uh, declare it. Don't decline it. Declare it. Number three is defend it. Fight for what God's put in you. Amen. Fight for it. Fight in the name of Jesus. Don't fight with people. Fight in the spirit. Because discouragement comes to every one of us. Fight in the spirit. I was talking to one of these eldest guy and he, of the church. He took me out golf. And he's a, he's a bit of a thinker. He was an interesting thinker. Interesting conversations. And um, he was talking away to me. And I was playing it on this Air Force, uh, Air, Air Force base uh, golf course. And, and there were F2, F-22s landing and taking off. Landing. I was so mesmerized by that. I just wanted to look at the planes. And he's talking to me. And he said, do you know? That is actually very difficult nowadays to save people, to share the gospel and save people. And I said, you're right, because we, are, we cannot save people. We cannot save people. It's the Holy Spirit's job to save the people. Our role is to talk about Jesus to these people. Now, don't just think about, oh, how can I bring them to this church? No. If you're talking to them in Walkworth, send them to a church in Walkworth. Talk about God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's His job to save people. Amen. So, defend the vision against discouragement. Defend your vision that God has given you. Um, how do we defend it? Fight unbelief with faith. Fight unbelief. Fight, uh, overcome adversity with perseverance. Uh, uh, think of the story in uh, Genesis chapter 40. Jo Joseph was put in, put in prison 
for a crime that he didn't commit. Now Joseph is in prison with a butler and a baker. And then he interprets the dream and he tells the butler, when you get released, please, please think of me. But the butler forgets about Joseph. The success for Joseph's story was he was able to overcome disappointments. The success story of Joseph to become into a place of significance of the vision, he was able to forgive people that hurt him. I mean, think about Potiphar's wife. And she said, hey, come and sleep with me. And he ran away from her. For that, he got in prison. He got put in prison. For things that he did not commit crime to, he was punished, yet he forgave those people. He didn't create a union and say, this is wrong. This is wrong. No, he said, my heart, I want to keep it soft. My goal, my vision God has given me, it's a dream God gave me, I'm going to defend that. Sometimes our unforgiveness, our disappointments, our bad experiences can destroy the vision God has given us. So I want to encourage us today. I want to encourage us to, what is the vision God has for you? For your wife, for your husband, for your business, for your children, for your sisters, for your brothers, for your parents, for your uh, neighbors, for your city. What is the vision? What are you praying into? Define the vision. Declare the vision. Defend the vision. Amen. When I was new here, someone said, oh, if you preach like that, it ain't going to work here. The last guy that was here, we sent him off. I'm going, that's okay, but this is how God made me. I'm called to preach the word of God and I will continue to preach the word of God. When I was leaving last time, Dan and I were catching up and Dan told me, he said, Peter, just contend in the Lord. Wait in the Lord. There are some things God will reveal. I know you don't want to say it, but say it. And uh, Dan's way of encouragement is, even if they don't want to invite you, don't worry, just say it. And, uh, and I was waiting there, and I knew I had to touch this whole subject on LGBTQKCK, whatever the words are. I did it, and there was pin drop silence in the church. And I'm kind of going, you know, I'm not, and they talked to me later, and I said, why would you touch that? Because I'm saying, please, let's read the word of God. Let's read though it is wrong according to the word of God. Just because it's right in the head doesn't make it right with God. Now you're quiet. <laughs> Defend your vision. In this church, our vision is to raise and empower people. Raise and empower people. To be all that God wants you to be. Now I'm telling you from a leadership point of view. We will serve you with all our hearts according to the word of God. There will be times of fun. There will be times of correction. We don't like that but that's part of journey. But if you don't want that, that's okay. 
But if you want it, it's going to encourage you. It's going to grow you. It's going to empower you to be all that God wants you to be. For Joseph to be the prime minister, he had to first go into prison. Testing and trials will determine our growth in God. As I conclude this morning, I want to read Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. It's a choice. Isaiah is declaring this and it's a choice. He's saying, but, it's a choice, it's Christ saying this, God saying this, but it says it's a choice. But, forget all that. Forget all that. Sometimes to capture the vision of God, we got to forget the prison times. Sometimes for us to capture the vision of God, we need to forget our experiences. Sometimes to, for, to capture the fullness of Christ, we need to learn to choose to, I forget my painful experiences, Lord. The meaning of the name Manasseh means the Lord help me forget. I know we say, oh, I can't forget it. Yeah, in human, I keep saying this, to love people is supernatural. To forgive people is supernatural. To forget painful circumstances is supernatural. Teach me to forget, Lord. Teach me to forget. Because every time I look at uh, Melissa, I look at her and if I have a painful experience, all that comes back is the painful memory. Teach me to forget that, Lord. When God heals me, then I begin to see her as Christ sees her. Otherwise, all I see is this mean, vengeful lady. Not that you are. No, you are not. But I'm just saying, I'm sure we look around and go, mm, you know. But if you can, Lord, teach me to forget those things. Forget all this. All that you've been through with your wife or your husband or your business partner, whatever. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do a new thing. I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Do you not see what I am doing, declares the Lord. Do you not see it? As Christians, I'm asking us, I want us to be strong and we will not be strong in just gaining more knowledge of the word of God. We will be more strong when we actually apply the knowledge to our life. And we will be strong. And when we are strong, uh, we, we are strong when we put our hope in God. We are strong when we put our faith in God. We are strong when we trust in God. Amen. Amen. Don't complain about the mean boss that's torturing you. Be strong in the Lord. Don't hold on to those false promises people promised and now they don't keep their promises. Be strong in the Lord. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a path through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Can you see 
your family being saved? Can you see God bringing healing? Physical healing. Can you see God setting you free from addictions? We need faith. Not logic. Not Google. But Bible. We don't need to go to Google for symptoms. We need to go to the Bible for answers. Can you see the young man being saved in Jesus' name? Trey, I'm going to go there, buddy. Joseph prayed for Trey for three years. And after two years, I said to Joseph, Is there really a guy called Trey? I doubted Joseph. Pastor Peter, I know Trey is going to come to Jesus one day. I said, Joseph, are you sure? He said, yes, I'm praying for him, Pastor Peter. I said, good, Joseph. Good, Joseph. Kept praying, kept praying. Last year, every week, we prayed for you, Trey. Was it end of last year or beginning of this year that you gave your heart to God? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, Trey gives his heart to God. I want to say in the natural, even you wouldn't believe, Trey, that you would, have, you would today be here. Three years ago, did you dream that? No. That's the power of vision. Please, those that have been in church for too long, revive your faith. I'm not talking age. I'm talking, you could be 20 year old and act like a 60 year old Christian who has no faith please renew that faith come on can we pray for addictions being broken can we pray for healings amongst panadols and morphines and whatnot? can I say sleep is a blessing so when you can sleep sleep I keep telling my teenage daughter please sleep They think sleep is from the devil. No, it's from God. Because as the older you get, it's harder to sleep. Please sleep. Can you say, see healing over your non-Christian family members? Christ is my firm foundation. And while I'm praying, I love what David did. While I'm still praying, if the Lord takes my son away, that's okay because I will pray as long as my son has breath. Yes, God took his son, but David got up and praised God. Faith. Do you believe God's going to answer? Do you have the faith in the vision God has given you? Write it down. Make it plain. I want to see salvations. I want to see healings. I want to see breakthroughs. I want to see marriages restored. As 
Like I said, somebody told me the other day, he said, hey, what's your ministry in this church for single people? And I said to her, do you know what? Even married people are living like single people. So singleness is just everywhere. But, but I want to see marriages restored in the name of Jesus. I want to see people's faith restored in the name of Jesus. Can you not see? Was it Ezekiel that the Lord said, what do you see? I want to ask us, what is it that you see? What is it that you see on yourself? What is it that you see on your children? They might be grown-up kids. Well, they're not kids, they're older children. But they're grown-up. And can you see healing? Christ is my firm foundation. Come on. The rock on which I stand. He never let me down before. He will not let you down now. He won't. He won't. He won't let you down. Come on, activate your faith and cry out for your family.